Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. Hey, guess what happened to me the other day? What? I was walking down the street, and then someone tried to spit on the ground, but instead of spitting on the ground, they spat on me. (laughs) You're welcome. Thank you. It was me. I spit on you. And I yelled. I said, you asshole, and you just kept on walking. Anyway, love to start the show off with that awful note. Thanks a lot, Barry. Anytime. Keeping up with that same energy, we're going to start off, as always, with Worst Things First, the segment where I shout about the worst news of the week. After that, we are diving deep into the beauty that is breakfast. Because I'm sick of people slandering the best meal of the day. Also, I realized we did a lot of food-based deep dive topics, like, in the summertime. And it's this, we should be talking about this now. This is hibernation season, bitch. And finally, we've got Pat Regan in the studio. Pat co-hosts the podcast Seek Treatment with previous guest complainer Catherine Cohen. He does stand-up all over New York and, I don't know, the world, I guess. And he has some great trash opinions to bring to this show. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's pour some syrup on this bitch and start the show. All right, worst things first, the worst news of the week. First, there's this woman in Connecticut who was at her home recently with her family, and there was a storm, a thunderstorm that knocked out their power. So she goes down into the basement to get some candles. It's dark. She fumbles around. She grabs a candle and lights it, except turns out it's not actually a candle. It's a stick of dynamite. What? And it explodes in her hand. Oh, man. I thought it was going to be a dildo. This really took a turn. I don't know. I just assumed. I guess based on everything else that I've said on this podcast, you would have thought it would be a sex toy of some some kind. But hey, maybe maybe dynamite is to some people, you know? Boom. Um, Goes the dynamite. Well, you can tell that to all of the new holes that she has in her body. Yeah, wait. Is she dead? (laughs) No. Oh, that's good. Um, no, but she was like badly injured. Oh God! I mean, dynamite went off in her hand. I know. I assumed that the house <laughs> blew up and she died. No, I think like she's alive. Um, her husband and children are fine. She's being treated for like serious injuries. I'm sure it wasn't great. But they're suing the previous homeowner 
for leaving the dynamite in the that's the catch of this whole story is that it wasn't her dynamite it was they they found i guess that was like in the basement when and that's what she reached for so they're suing the previous homeowner for like being reckless and leaving dynamite around the basement I do love that um, it was like the Connecticut Times or something who wrote about the story. Their lead was, it's the stuff of cartoons, <laughs> but Karina is not laughing. Oh, no. <laughs> you just fucking compared her to Wiley Coyote, She's in the hospital. <laughs> I love local newspaper like leads. Oh, yeah. Everyone thinks they're so clever. And it's like, a woman is dead, basically. So... Calm down. And here we are, laughing about it on the podcast. <laughs> I just am appalled by the fact that someone would just leave dynamite. First of all, take that shit with you. Yeah, I'm But a... also, why do you have dynamite? I don't know, construction? I don't know, parties? I don't know, having a good time? Trying to catch the roadrunner? Yeah, I don't know, really inspired by cartoons? <laughs> you have big blocks of TNT. What is it? Yeah. Acme? TNT dynamite as famously sung by a band I don't know the name of. Well, I didn't know. I mean, I guess it's all the same. But, like, you know, those, like, fireworks in... Sparklers. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yes. I'm afraid of those. I'm afraid of anything like that. I don't really like any fireworks, but the fireworks, the ones that make that really loud, like, boom noise are supposed to be, like, one-fourth of a stick of dynamite or something. Whoa. So imagine that times four. Speaking of stuff that only happens in cartoons, a man in Maine robbed a bank and then ran across four lanes of traffic and a restaurant parking lot before slipping on some ice and dropping his gun and money right in front of a state police agent. Wow. (laughs) I just love that image of this man running with like pockets full of money and then whoop. That's my slipping sound. Oh, I, I just wish it were a banana peel. Yeah. I have once slipped on a banana peel in college. That was real. They're slippery. They are. The police officer said that the money started blowing around the parking lot in a gust of wind. I just like, this is truly a scene out of like, a sitcom. And that members of the public were all trying to like scoop up the money. <laughs> Good job, public. Like to give it back to him or to keep? I'm sure not. I was looking up after I read this. Was there a television show where they did that like glass box that you would stand in? Oh my God. Or is that just like a thing that happens sometimes? Oh yeah. Is it just at like carnivals? Yeah. It might just be at like state fairs. Does this need to be fact checked? I was Googling it earlier. And I feel like there's just, like, you can, like, rent these machines. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just a box (laughs) with, like, a fan. It's basically this, this studio. (laughs) Also, my other favorite part of the story is that the gun that slipped out of his pocket ended up being a BB gun. And I do like how they say he ran across four lanes of traffic when, like, it's Maine. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what traffic is he running across? Moose? Got him! (laughs) Take that, Maine. Next! One recent weekend, firefighters were called to a pub in Rochester, New York, because of an overcrowded, like, I don't know, it was overcrowded, I guess, and someone called the firemen. Wow, buzzkill. <laughs> and when the firemen showed up, they were met with a 200-person 
fist fight happening in the parking lot. Oh just like a full-blown Super Smash Brothers situation <laughs> happening in the parking lot. Um, the police wrote on Facebook that the firefighters had to retreat to the engine because, and they could not escape the scene due to the large fight and chaos in the parking lot. It's insane that this is like about human beings and not just like a pack of wolves. They were like, <laughs> we couldn't get them under control. It was just out of our hands. It's like, these are adults. Three people went to the hospital with stab wounds. What? Three police departments had to go in and rescue the firefighters. Guess what the bar was called. Just guess. Uh, a fight spree. No. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Close. Shamrock's Irish Pub. Oh. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> I was just like, what other place would you expect a 200-person fight? <laughs> Listen, I'm like 1% Irish, so I can make this joke. I didn't even know that there were 200 people in Rochester. Uh, so, like, good for them. Yeah, well, I guess maybe they were all there. Sounds like it. Honestly, I'm into this. I like a like a last man standing like Hunger Games type situation. Yeah. That's how all bars should be. You have you have to fight your way in and last man standing gets to drink whatever he wants for free. And finally, a town in Russia is being invaded by more than 50 polar bears. Whoa. Forcing residents to stay in their homes. <laughs> they were literally it's like 50 polar bears like descended on this small town in Russia. Most likely because their homes have like yeah, melted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty sure that's what's going on. But every they're like terrorizing this town, and nobody they like are all trapped. One time, I was at the Lincoln Park Zoo with my aunt, and I was like, "Wow, polar bears! They're so beautiful!" And she was like, "Did you know that polar bears are one of the only bears that will eat a human unprovoked?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like eight. Was your aunt a polar bear? Because that was unprovoked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, polar bears are vicious. Also, you can like see all of the blood, especially. Yeah, it's so, cool. <laughs> they're so white. I just think like if, it, if if like 50 bears take over your town, like they should get to run the town. Yeah, pretty sure that's how it works. That's how mayors are elected. <laughs> yeah. This is a reverse what's it called? A reverse Goldilocks situation. Oh. Okay. oh. <laughs> <laughs> they get to try this town on for size. Anyway, that's it for Worst Things First. Next, we are diving deep into breakfast. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. All right, well... An alarming number of people skip breakfast. According to science that I just made up, nine and a half out of ten people that I asked in a dream last night said that they skip breakfast every single day. One woman said she'd never even heard of breakfast. Then I really started to wonder, when did we lose our way? Breakfast is the most sacred meal of the day. It is legendary. It is iconic. It is the lube that primes your stomach for all the delicious food stuff you'll be sliding down your gullet throughout the rest of the day. Honestly, I don't even know what people do in the morning other than eat. Did you really get out of bed for another reason? Are there reasons other than eating that people wake up? Not in my book. Not in my house. What are your priorities? You sicken me. 
So it seems like breakfast needs a defender, and I have bravely stood up to make it happen. So here I am. Let's get into reasons breakfast is the only good meal. First, breakfast is the only meal with mascots. Is there a lunch cereal mascot? I don't think so. There's no lunchtime cinnamon toast crunch chef tantalizing me with his brown swirl. Oh. (laughs) There's no Tony the tiger trying to get me to eat his delicious frosted flakes with his brawny shoulders and bulging tiger biceps. (laughs) While I'm here for all of this, I'm not here for the hamburger helper erasure. (sighs) Hamburger? Oh, yeah, the hand. His little glove. That is true. I forgot about him. But you know what? You could put that in a breakfast taco. It's not exclusive to a meal. I do love... Do you remember when the furry community ruined Tony the Tiger? Ruined or like really <laughs> elevated his status? I I feel like it was like the Frosted Flakes Twitter account was like begging furries to stop tweeting porn at Tony the Tiger. <laughs> they were like, please, for the love of God, leave our beloved mascot alone. <laughs> Also, there's no Cap'n Crunch trying to enlist me in his gay army. Because, yes, we do love a man in uniform, ladies. <laughs> even though he's not even technically a captain, okay? Because he only wears three bars, which generally speaking indicates a rank of commander, not captain. Well, that's why he's Cap'n. It's his little loophole. Also, did you know apparently his full name is Horatio Magellan Crunch? What? <laughs> Horatio? Horatio. What does that even mean? Like Horatio Alger? Alger? I don't know this history. He's the man who would like pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Like self-made millionaire guy who started as like a poor person and then got rich. Do you know history? No, I just said I don't. (laughs) Read one book. God damn it. (laughs) This is why we need mascots to teach us. To teach us history. Mm -hmm. Anyway, back to breakfast. No other meal truly showcases bacon properly. Bacon is universally considered one of the most delicious meats, and breakfast is the only meal that gives it its proper due. Okay? Okay. Sure, lunch tries to make it happen by offering it as a sandwich topping. Not enough. Mm -mm. Not enough. Dinner will sometimes see bacon wrapped around some other, like, conspicuous meat to try to, like, cover it up. But breakfast knows what it's doing with bacon. Breakfast treats bacon right. Breakfast knows that bacon is a freak in the sheets and the streets. And it shows at a good time. I will say I am not a fan of bacon bites. What even are bacon bites? Where there's, like, there's, like bacon crumbs. Oh, that yeah, they no. Sometimes, they'll put them in, like, salads. But also, like, I've gone to restaurants where they, like, put them over, like, pancakes or... It's like, I don't want your fucking leftover bacon. No. I want a nice slab of bacon. Show it the respect it deserves. Next! The bowl of cereal is pretty much the perfect food. Okay? It's got everything. Liquids, solids, a bowl of sugary milk that you guzzle down like a dog who spent the last 40 days in the desert when you're done. Did you ever have those bowls with the straws in them? I wanted those so bad. I feel like they never, like, worked as well no, as I wanted it to. Of course not. I don't know. You could never, like, s- establish <laughs> suction. Right, because the straw, it, like, opened too far from the bottom. Right. 
It needed to right, be like right. underneath and have like a tunnel system. I do think there's no other like eating process that tells you as much about another person as how they handle like the milk at the end of cereal. Mm. Because mm-hmm. there's all different kinds of ways. Tell do you, us. Do you hold it up and drink it like Jesus is offering you a bowl of wine? <laughs> do you lap it up like a cat? Do you spoon individual spoonfuls into your mouth one at a time? Do you just throw it away? Do you pour it into a glass and drink it that way? Do you? <laughs> no, I've never done Oh my done God, that. I was going to say, get out. That is psychopathic. <laughs> it would say a lot about a person. Next! Breakfast is the only meal that basically passes off dessert as an acceptable option for for an entree. Because let's face it, you go out to a nice breakfast, you know, maybe it's a holiday anniversary, you want to splurge a little, you go down to IHOP or Waffle House, maybe Denny's if it's an extra special occasion like a funeral or a first communion, and <laughs> you're getting the waffles with chocolate sauce and whipped cream, just carbs covered in more carbs, sugar. Just straight up eating full-blown dessert for breakfast. Love it. I love it so much. This is how I know Instagram has identified me as a fat person. Because <laughs> it keeps feeding me, you know, though, not literally, but it keeps showing me oh, those. One day. One day it will. I wish. You know, they have those, like, on the Explore page, they have those boxes that show you, like, categories. It'll be, like, fashion or style or uh-huh. whatever. Uh, and one day mine was just, it just said breakfast (laughs) and it was, and it was a woman slicing into a chocolate cake. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wow, they nailed this. (laughs) They could have been dessert. It could have, they could have labeled it anything else. But for me, they were like, we're calling it breakfast. (laughs) Calling it what it is. Next. Also, don't even get me going about French toast, a.k.a. freedom toast, depending upon your stance on France's 2003 opposition to the invasion of Iraq. Um, French toast is like a top five toast for sure. Like cinnamon toast, raisin toast, drunken best man at a wedding toast. Boom. (laughs) Boom. Wordplay. I just love that French toast is basically someone being like, let's just thoroughly fuck this piece of bread with everything we've got. Dip it in eggs, roll it in sugar, fucking fry it, slap butter on it, (sighs) syrup, strawberries, blueberries, whipped cream, fucking unleaded gasoline straight from the (laughs) pump. Everything goes on there. Maybe some ice cream if you're Mm -hmm. feeling real nasty in the morning. Mm. I also will say breakfast is my favorite meal to cook for. Yeah. It's the most fun meal to make. That's a, I think it is like the most accessible, but then you can like really let your your creativity shine. Mm-hmm. I put granola in my pancakes, homemade granola. I bet you do. That's disgusting. It's so good. Also, breakfast has pastries and breakfast pastries are delicious. Sure, you're going to spend the rest of the week getting croissant crumbs out of your belly button, <laughs> but it's worth it for those buttery flakes. Also, breakfast just has all the hits. Donuts, a cream cheesy bagel, maybe a nice sugar drizzled coffee cake. You can pass that off as breakfast. Hell yeah. Biscuits and jam. Mm. Yes. Basically, you can just eat whatever you want at breakfast and it's fine because you're going to burn it all off throughout the day. This has been Science with Matt. Breakfast is basically the same six foods, but like setting those kind of parameters has only made breakfast creatives flourish even harder. You know how many different ways there are to make eggs? A billion! How many different ways can you make a pot roast? You gonna cook up some scrambled meatloaf? Fuck off. 
But eggs are universal. Breakfast is like a paint-by-numbers painting, and eggs are like the tiny little buckets of paints from which to construct your masterpiece. You want a classic, delicious scramble? Or maybe you're disgusting and you want your eggs over easy because you enjoy eating the hot, cummy center of an unfertilized bird ovum? Either way, breakfast doesn't judge. Slurp it up, you nasty bitch. (laughs) Breakfast is also the only meal that really showcases butter. Because you're not really, like, spreading too much butter at any other meal. Maybe a dinner baguette, if you're Oprah. (laughs) But breakfast, you're buttering up every step of the way. Toast, buttered. Pancakes, buttered. Omelette, you better believe that pan is getting bukkakeed with butter before a single egg even touches it. Love butter. Gotta say, I don't think I've ever agreed with you more in this entire series. <laughs> I think, as shockingly, this one is mostly positive. Yeah. And I just want to be aggressively for breakfast so that the other meals are ashamed. Breakfast also has the best options to make you think you're being healthy, even though you're just disgusting. <laughs> Double chocolate chip muffins? Hell yes! It's a muffin. Therefore, it's basically like eating like a diet food. And finally, I'm just saying, if breakfast weren't so great, why would McDonald's try to keep it from us after 11 a.m.? Because they know we can't McFucking handle too much of it. It's like staring into the sun. This breakfast is too great. It gives us life. This is the only way that I survive. I want breakfast every day. I want breakfast for every meal. It's sweet and savory. It's liquid and solid. It's got everything you need, everything you want. Come on, baby. Hit me one more time. (laughs) That's... Yeah, that works, sure. And that's it for this week's Deep Dive. Next, we've got Pat Regan in the studio right after this commercial break. Today's episode is brought to you by EveryPlate. EveryPlate is America's best value meal kit. Take it from someone who orders delivery on the daily. EveryPlate dinners are a cheaper and healthier alternative. Whereas other dinner options cost around $10 per serving, EveryPlate offers five chef-designed recipes each week from only $4.99 per serving. That is less than the giant cold brew I buy every day and way more fulfilling. EveryPlate's recipes are easy to follow and come together in about 30 minutes so you can get back more time to enjoy a good food with family. And by family, I mean all of my favorite characters on all of my favorite TV shows. (laughs) Maybe you're thinking, but what if I'm out of salt and this recipe calls for salt? Well, guess what? EveryPlate recipes come with everything already pre-measured. You don't have to do any meal planning, shopping, or prepping. They do it all. I went for the omnivore box option because I like my meat and potatoes, but that's not what I made. I made sausage and pepper orzoto with cheesy panko crust, and boy, oh boy, was it delish. Whereas other dinner options cost around $10 per serving, every plate offers five chef-designed recipes each week from only $4.99 per serving. For six free meals across your first three weeks and free shipping on your first delivery, go to everyplate.com and enter code UNHAPPY6. This offer equates to one-third off each of your first three boxes when you go to everyplate.com and enter code UNHAPPY6. That's UNHAPPY and the number six. Today's episode is also brought to you by Mercari. 
Do you have a bunch of stuff lying around the house that you just don't use? A flannel you're just over now? A set of juggling balls you bought that one time you thought it'd be really cool to get into juggling? Mercari is an app you can use to sell all this stuff, like those juggling balls you should definitely not be holding onto anymore. They make it fast and easy to sell almost anything. And there's no hassle. But how? Well, you simply take a few pics of your stuff, add a description, and boom! Your item is listed. Once it's sold, Mercari emails you a shipping label and you send it off. No meetups with strangers, which is especially good in the juggling ball scenario. Earn a few extra dollars and clear up valuable space in your home, whether it's a tiny apartment or a whole frickin' mansion, with Mercari. The app has over 300,000 reviews on the App Store with an average 4.8 star rating, so why not give it a try? Don't let that stuff you don't use go to waste. Sell it, ship it, get paid with Mercari. You can find Mercari on the App Stores or on Mercari.com. M-E-R-C-A-R-I. Mercari, the selling app. My guest complainer today is Pat Regan. Pat is a self-described, beloved, and criminally underfamous comedian and co-host of the very funny podcast Seek Treatment, a podcast about boys, sex, fucking, dating, and love, which he co-hosts with uh, his wife and unhappy hour guest complainer, Kat Cohen. Welcome to the pod. Oh my god, thank you for bringing Pat me Pat Regan. <laughs> it's so hard. Whenever I go on someone else's podcast, I like that that was brief. Whenever I go on someone else's <laughs> podcast and it's like them kind of like back and forth, I'm like, bring me the fuck in. Yeah. Then when I'm, it's on my podcast, I'm like, you need to sit there for 12 minutes while I chat with my friends. I do love, I we talk about Lost Culturistas a bunch, love totally. Matt and Bowen. Dear, dear uh, friends have never listened to the podcast <laughs> unless I was on it. <laughs> or I knew for a fact I was mentioned. But I I was uh, I was a guest uh, on there. And I, I do love that they just do their whole introduction while the guest is, is sitting there. And you just yeah. wait. You and just wait. And we'll have you on. And you'll sit there. And you'll love it. You'll love it. <laughs> we like to start by asking everybody, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got this 15 minutes ago. And I was like, let me think on the sub but then I, what I ended up thinking about on the subway was that I was late which I'm profusely apologetic for <laughs> it's um, fine I'm, I'm typically late to everything cool so. I like that about a person um I always say I think it's self-care to be late but I think you do have to come in like kind of bludgeoning yourself to death for being right late. right so that's my ethos but I um I think I'll go with this is like and it's kind of specific to gay culture is um RuPaul's Drag Race. No. I've tried so hard with it. I really have. My journey with RuPaul's Drag Race has been long. It's been hard fought, and I can't get into it. And I recently, my tonsils literally exploded like 12 calendar days ago. And I, um, I need an explanation. Uh, you know, my ton- okay, this is my deal with my tonsils. This is my relationship with my t- tonsils. Yes, is that let's... every single time I suck any dick, I have a 25% chance of my tonsils going absolutely insane. And what does that even mean? Like, you get, they they get, get infected? They get, they get infected. They get, I get tonsil. I've got, in the last 10 years, I've gotten four tonsil abscesses, which when you get one, they're like, you have to take these right out. Right. Because theoretically, it's like a um, suffocation hazard because, like, they get so big that you might just. Yeah, no, I relate. Yeah. I had a doctor tell me on a scale of one to 10. And my tonsils were a 14. Oh my God. Oh, do you have yours out? No, they like ripped them out at, when I was in high school. So the, for me, I was 20 when I the first started. Well, I used to get like strep once a year. Then when I started getting abscesses, I was like 20 and they were like, typically we would just tell you to take them out, but you're so old that it will be hard. I was like, drag me straight to hell. I'm 20 years old, one of the youngest ages of all times. And I was like, okay, cool. And um, so I didn't get them out and then I kept getting them. And then they've been kind of like well behaved for the last three years. And then... 
this year. It's been a struggle. But yeah. um, so why did I even start talking about that? Uh, we were talking about RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, totally, totally, totally. <laughs> uh, obvious segue. So then I was like, let me use this illness to work towards gay rights by watching. I see. I'm right. gonna, I was like, I'm going to give RuPaul's DR like a really um, fair shot. Yeah. I, and I have tried. You know, both times I just was like the whole episode, I was like, um, I can't wait for the episode to be over. <laughs> and, and then I was just like, life is simply too short. Like I watch so much television that my role for myself is like, if it's an effort to, I'm trying to spend effort to not watch TV. Right. And if I'm, if I'm trying to watch more, more of a show, then I'm like, I, I got it. You got to get cut. Yeah. I don't relate to you not liking the show because obviously I love it, but I do I do respect that you gave it a fair shot. Yeah, I try I really tried. And that you don't want to force yourself to watch something that you don't. I mean, I, I now just, you like can't be a part of any gay conversation. I, I know. And people put it on people are like I'm like, yeah, I don't like this show. And people are like, oh, so you're internalized homophobic. I'm like, yes, but that's not why. Like I I don't know. It's not that like I embrace drag culture. Right. I, I just um I don't I, I, for some reason, I cannot appreciate that show, and what I, is I it? thoroughly don't enjoy it. Is there like a something specific about it, or it's just like not it's just your like, thing? I'm not interested at all. I think like the challenges are stupid. Like, um, I I, mean, I, yeah. I could enjoy like a lip sync for your life, and sure. like I two weeks ago went to a bar, like a straight bar where it was playing, and um, but there was all gay people up, and so um, a gay bar. <laughs> <laughs> you went to a gay bar. I went to a closeted gay bar, <laughs> and um, it was the one where there was like it was an episode where there was only lip sync for your life or something. Right, right. And I enjoyed them. I was like, oh, like one person did a fun trick where they like sat down and used their legs to like slide down a yeah, hole. Yeah, yeah. I was Naomi. like, yeah, addicted to that. Um, <laughs> I can get addicted to a lip sync for your life, but I the rest of the show, I'm just like. I don't care yeah. at all. You have to care. You have to like be invested if you're gonna if you're gonna bear with it. Yeah, and I think I think that the show necessarily I don't hate. I just truly don't care about it. And then what it's become in culture, yeah, it's like the fact that then I don't care about it. Now I hate the show, and now I hate everyone. Which <laughs> <laughs> is like, great. It's a great time to be gay uh, yeah. and, and not be into RuPaul's Drag Race. It's, a ha- it's hard. Yeah. Well, that was a, that was an honest. Answer. That was an honest answer. I appreciate Nothing it. Nothing if not honest. Some people, yeah. Some but, people but try to skirt around it. Oh really? Like why? I can't imagine not being. When I was like, what do I hate? that everyone else loves I was like I don't know how to choose there's so many things <laughs> I mean we could talk about all of them you don't have to choose just one I think is there an- a runner up I think animals are boring just all animals I think they're so fucking boring I um I like <laughs> what does that mean <laughs> like, like pets so let's start with dogs like sure. I um I I don't know that I hate dogs but I definitely hate the way people are around dogs yeah I do I know agree on a, that kind of like a dog present and they celebrate that dog's journey but I like um <laughs> I just think the animals like they're fine. I just, whenever I'm like trying to interact with an animal, I'm like, I don't know what to even yeah, say slash do. I agree. Yeah. I it, don't, I, yeah, I feel like it's the same with like, people like feel the same way about their dogs that they feel about their babies. And it's like, I don't, like, I, you love it. And I, I get love that. And I love babies. I want to go on the record. I'm like, oh, you're so I'm you're a baby also queen. pro baby. Yeah. I'm a baby queen. <laughs> when, when even when like a peripheral friend has a baby, I'm like, can I come see the baby at the hospital? Like, I just, Thing about babies, I think, is so fun. That's but, absurd. Yeah. I, it's absurd that those two things are true about you. I think I, you yeah. have to pick a side. I, yeah, I think it's a yeah. You're either pro dog and baby or anti both. Ba- well, yeah, or yeah, I know. I mean, babies and dogs, I definitely think are rivals. I um, <laughs> <laughs> like they're going, sure, they're trying to sure. corner the same market share. I um, and then a lot of times there's a lot of overlap. 
But for some reason, babies. Um, this is gonna sound. <laughs> just say. I like at least babies are human. I don't. I don't know what I mean by that. But I just like a dog will never be able to kind of like. I mean, yeah. Like, narratively, there's no arc with a dog. <laughs> like a baby, it's like the beginning of a story. That's true. Yeah, a dog is always this. It's flat. It's their yeah, flat character. A dogs are flat characters the whole time. And they yeah. And I don't think they care about us as much. People as much as people would have you believe like people like my dog loves me i'm like your entire relationship with your dog is predicated on you like rubbing its stomach whenever the fuck it wants you to and if you don't do that it will forget you even exist yeah also like if you open the door it's gone right yeah, like I know. your dog is only there because it's being held yeah dog yeah it's like the most fucked up relationship tell me about your like origin your comedian origin story for sure for some reason i was just thinking about this on the way here i don't know why but um, I like never performed ever. Um, to this day. To this day, I've never <laughs> performed. Um, I, I, I don't feel like all my friends do like musical comedy, like or a lot of them. And yeah. I feel like what they do and then what I do, I'm like, is this considered performing what I do? <laughs> I um, I hosted for Catherine on last week maybe for she does a show at club coming on Wednesday nights. Cabaret. Right. Cabernet. Right. I always heard it's Cabaret Cabernet or Cabernet Cabaret. I don't even know. And it's almost not important. But I, um, so she and Henry Kapersky, who plays the piano for her, was still co hosting, but I don't sing. So he was kind of like unsure of his role. But I wanted him <laughs> to be on stage because I feel psycho when I'm trying to. I hate hosting. Like, Same, yeah. It makes me feel so crazy to like have a microphone. Like, let's get it off and popping for our next guy. Can you make some noise or even keep it going? Like, I'm just like. I just hate, I've never shouted and I'm disinterested in shouting. Well, do you do improv or are you like a that, stand-up? Thank you for like kind of redirecting back to the question you asked. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I'm just genuinely curious. I started as an improviser. Okay. That's my origin. Right. I, I was in my young 20s, straight, mind you. Was, right, um, right. My first job was like an office PA for Showtime in their promo department. Uh-huh. And then I came back like a few months later as like a promo technically AP but I was so bad at that job that I they, I was essentially a PA still but I was like getting paid as an AP it was phenomenal for eight weeks yeah that sounds great yeah I was I made more money in my early 20s than I will ever see again for the rest of my life and I, I spent it truly on seamless and alcohol and I um I that, relate, yeah. <laughs> during that time I had a lot of money and I took like a lot of UCB classes uh-huh. um <laughs> those two things must be true at the same wow. time just bragging it up yeah yeah but I but I mean UCB classes are truly so expensive I don't even know how much they are $400 400 <gasps> American much? dollars for eight, an eight week class okay and I felt good I always thought I was funny um so I just start, started taking improv classes and then I was like on their teams for like years right and then I like left and I at some point during those years I started doing like stand up as well but uh-huh. I don't really remember there was like a couple years that I truly don't remember and <laughs> They were like the two so. years. <laughs> Truly. There's two years that I, like when I was 26, when I was 27, I don't remember those years. Sure. But yeah. um, I ended up quitting because I was like a shell of a person <laughs> and I like had no more money and I, I was just always fucked up and I couldn't. I moved home to Long Island briefly to get sober uh-huh. and then I thought I was quitting comedy forever. I was like improvised. Not I still enjoy improv sometimes. Like when improv is fun, it's so fun. Right. And when it's bad, it's so stupid. Yeah. And then like I kept getting asked to do like little shows and I just started doing like little shows like every like couple weeks to kind of stay in touch with friends. And then then I just started doing more and more stand up and I never kind of went back to U C V and I just do lots of stand up now. And then yeah. I moved back to New York and now 
Nostamp is kind of my main thing. Right, right. What an inspiring journey. <laughs> yeah, that's my origin. <laughs> no, I do love that. I feel like New York is one of the only places where, like, you can be a regular stand-up performer, but all of your friends might do just a tad more performing, and you're like, I guess I yeah. do nothing. I know. This is my relationship with stand-up comedy, is when I wake up and I don't have a show, I'm like, I'm not an artist, <laughs> and I never have been. And when I wake up, when I wake up and do have a show, I'm like... I do too many shows. I will pay you one. I will Venmo the host of the show one thousand American dollars right now to be able to, to just bail and not come. Um, I, so I can't tell if I enjoy what I do. <laughs> yeah, it sounds it sounds like the struggle has not been figured out. Yeah, I would. Yeah, that's a fair label. <laughs> um, but lately, I feel like I'm performing a lot. I do a show at the Duplex like just about every month. Uh huh. And I do like fifty minutes. And. I'm going to do that in L.A. in two weeks. I've never been to Los Angeles, California, except for when I was 16 for my dad's business trip. Never? When I was 16 for my dad's business trip. Right, right. But never subsequently. (laughs) I didn't book a single thing while I was there for my dad's business trip. I know. Do you? Are you in L.A.? I go there a a bit. I've only performed there a couple of times, but I don't know. I I don't love it. I know this is like the cliche combo, but yeah, yeah it's but just... you have to have it. You this is the cliche combo, but you have to have it every day. Is my you have to talk about your feelings about LA every single day. It's true. It's or the only healthy way to kind of digest <laughs> the world around us. I don't know. I feel I I was uh, scouring through your tweets. Oh my before, goodness! In, in preparation for Jack? today, and um, yeah, one of my faves was why can't LA be closer to New York or like even. In New York. Potentially in New York. Yeah, that was a tweet. I um, got tweeted well, and I've been doing it on stage with some little elaborations, uh-huh, uh-huh. which have been fun. I um, I just started on stage. Maybe I did it I've been only twice on stage, and I um, now I have this show tonight that I have to have new jokes for, and I'm like, and I should, it should be jokes that I've kind of like workshopped for a year, and I'm like, maybe I'll just throw that. I'm at all times like in the green room three minutes before I'm going on set, like foaming at the mouth, scrolling through my Twitter, being like, what, have I, what, what is funny anymore? Like... I don't know. You're just preaching to the choir because I like I did a show at Caroline's last month uh-huh. and I was it was entirely jokes that I'd never told before. Yeah, just entire an entire hour of material. Well, that's that was the, brand new. Yeah, stand up's one of the things that forever people are like, I don't do stand up, and it's like like funny people who are like have really funny Twitters or something. Or and I'm just like, you should just do it because it's actually so easy and <laughs> it's like the only way to. It's sadly like the only way to like have even a shot at paying off your student debt. Yeah. That is, Isn't that crazy? That is true. I had a sad, scary realization yesterday where I was like, somehow I've gotten to a place where my best chance at paying off my student loans is now comedy, which is so <laughs> deeply sad. And it's like... <laughs> yeah, this degree that you paid thousands of dollars for is now like... It's like now I'm like hoping... in the hands of just being it, a clown it's, on it's, stage. It's in the hope of like one important retweet that like may or may not come. What did you study communications sad yeah but i mean you're you're communicating yeah i use it every day communications is the bleakest thing you could ever study it's like in all of communications it doesn't have enough academic material to cover like one week of one class and they try to make it a major it's so psycho like it is a meaningless word yeah it's so easy it's not even funny yeah i was a journalism major which oh, is yeah. also doing nothing for like. us journalism was like within communications so you, right right you chose a um concentration so like I was communications journalism concentration. 
He's like, only because that felt the realest. Everything else was like so fake. Yeah. It was like PR, which was like literally nothing. No offense to uh, No, it's nothing. It's, PR is like a job for sure, but it's not like a I know. subject of school at I all. I took a PR class once and I was like, what are we what are we doing here? Yeah. It was a once a week class and I missed like three out of the nine nine. Uh, addicted weeks. to missing classes. And one time I didn't go to one time me and my roommate didn't go to an eight AM class because I couldn't find my shoes in the in the apartment. <laughs> so we both went back to sleep. <laughs> that's like yeah, that's like when junior year when you've just suddenly just realized that you don't really have to do anything. I know. And you can still get away with it. Unless you start dividing your tuition by the number of classes and you realize like that hour was actually worth like $700. Yeah, but I don't think I realized at that point like tuition. I think I thought that was like free. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was it like... It truly is I, a meaningless I number. found out about my loans truly, truly like after the fact. And I was like, okay, I wouldn't have done this at all. Wait, where did you go? I went to a Loyola wildly expensive school in Baltimore. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's just, like, liberal. It's, like, essentially, like, high school for four more years where they have such a big, like, core curriculum that you, like, take one half of a class in your major and then you right. majored in that thing. <laughs> but it's, like, four Englishes, like, 18 theologies, like, seven the- philosophies. I, yeah, I went to the same, like, same kind of liberal arts school. What was? Northwestern. Oh, yeah. That's a good school, though. It was fine. People ask But it's expensive. Yeah. I graduated with literally a hundred thousand dollars in debt yeah that I'm, i'll be paying off probably forever i literally have the same conversation like once a year with my debt people where i'm like i don't make any money and they're like okay you can um like you don't have to pay for another year but you have to fill out this paperwork and we'll send it to you and they send it to me and i like lose it and then <laughs> my credit score is <laughs> grotesque at what point do you make any money in this whole in this world i don't know commit crimes i would i'm not above it that's for sure <laughs> yeah I used to always steal constantly, but now I try not to. <laughs> like, <laughs> and that's 30. That's being 30. That's growth. What what level of stealing are we talking about? Like a um, pack of gum or like... I just... Yeah. I think I was like a little klepto in my 20s. Like sure, I just... Sure. I would just like... Yeah. I'm would, agreeing as if it's normal, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, I die for Winona. I connect with her. I mean, that's why I connect with yeah, her so much. That's a good role model. N- not yeah. big things, and they wouldn't resell things. Well, I would steal for sure, like pills always. But that's like comes to the territory. <laughs> but I um would also like um like from people's like homes. Not like not strangers' homes, or but from, like, like dear CVS. friends' homes. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I held up a CVS at, at gunpoint. <laughs> Some of my elementary school did that. <laughs> um, I guess go for it. Follow your dreams. No, just like if I, I was just always the person who was like, if I'm in your if you've been kind enough to invite me into your home, like I'm in your medicine cabinet, I'm figuring out what you're on. I'm figuring out what's fun. Like, <laughs> but um, should, maybe I should talk about that stuff less on podcasts, but I can't. But it's fine. But it's just like fine. little things from CVS, I would always steal, like sure food items or something. And I mean, nothing at CVS has value, so I know you for might me, as well. For me, CVS is family style. Like it's just going, you take what you want. Everything's everyone's. Like there's no ownership. <laughs> Yeah, and those checkout machines. I mean, you could, you can. Oh, self checkout. You could do the whole performance of checking out without <laughs> yeah. paying anything. Yes, and nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna check. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really true. Yeah, it's better than the embarrassment of. Well, now they like lock everything up. Everything that I want from CVS is behind to like. I know bars. that's so annoying. Even though I'm literally the reason it has to happen, it's so <laughs> anno- it's so <laughs> annoying because it's like someone's like, okay, I'm 30, I have my life together, I will pay for these headphones, but I don't need to like sit here, press a button, wait for someone who's like. Wait for someone from the control rooms to come over with like the golden key and like I'll take my $18 headphones. I'm such, I'm the, I'm a bitch when I'm buying headphones because for one, I lose headphones in three days. So I, yeah. every three days I'm like in CVS and I want like, there's a certain sweet spot 
with headphones where if it's anything under like $17, they don't work and they're right. completely useless. But if it's like $26, I'm like, I'm going to lose these in three days. I'm not trying to spend $26 on earbuds. So I have to find like that middle ground. And when it's low enough for it's questionable, I'll always, I I have to ask the person, I'm like, do these work? You just tell me like, I understand that you sell <laughs> headphones that don't work and I'm not here to like kind of put you through the ringer for that. But just, I don't want to buy these if they don't work. Right. And they're like, sometimes they know and sometimes they don't. Yeah, you have to find the right employee. Yeah. I go through headphones, too. Everyone does. Forgive yourself. Tell me the concept of seek treatment. Yeah. In in your words. Totally. So me and Catherine Cohen were insufferably bored one day, as we always are. (laughs) Right. And we were like... Sounds like the beginning of every podcast. (laughs) And we were like, we should have a podcast. So we just um, called up the Forever Dog Boys, who Lost Call Trees does, who we're friends with from a while ago, and we were like, we want to do a podcast. We, We didn't know what we wanted it to be. I like talking about pop culture, but I kind of couldn't do that because of culture use does, which was fine. And um, <laughs> and they were like, and Catherine's not a huge pop culture queen. And um, right. so they were like, what do you guys normally talk about? And truly, we just talk about hooking up for like seven hours and then like part ways. And um, we say it's about boys, sex, fucking dating and love. And we definitely want to know like, our guests like what their relationship is to that and boys can be girls if that's what you're attracted to. Sure. Or anything in between. So yeah, we like to get the deal of like, because we also get both these just kind of like obsessive crushes and we have kind of psychotic experiences around every single crush that we have. And it's like we both kind of have this constant need for like validation and like um, constant fear that people will stop liking us. And so, so we want to know what our guests experience around that is and like who are they texting? How is that going? Like how do they text people? Like mm-hmm, what, what mm-hmm. are they like on dates? What are they like when they get a crush? Like do we feel hot today right now? Like, what makes you feel hot? Like, when do you feel hot? Like, what's your swing? Yeah, yeah. Then it also just ends up, we do this thing where we say, like, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Who do you want to be? Right. And we kind of put a focus on it around boy sex fucking dating in love, but it's also, like, it ends up being a lot about, like, kind of people's comedy journeys because we have comedians on the pod. Right, right, right. In your mind, do you have your worst romantic hookup story event incident Um, you know it's funny save for this current relationship that i'm in i really have never had a relationship besides in college when i dated a girl okay and um it didn't really count and so famously this guy was obsessed with her my entire mid-20s um gave me throat gonorrhea three times which is my tonsils fault but also his fault and it's also my (laughs) fault that it's like um i I do that in time too where like the first time someone gives you throat gonorrhea it's like okay this was your fault like the second time, it's like, this was both of our faults. And then the third time, it's like, okay, I am I troubleshooting correctly? Because <laughs> why am I still hooking up with you? But it's hard dating. It's hard dating. <laughs> End of sentence. <laughs> I said this to Gathering yesterday. I was like, if you want to date in this town, you you just have to be fully prepared to feel completely shitty about yourself at any given moment. <laughs> like, at any given second, just immediately feel like a piece of shit. Yeah. Which is hard. But it is sort of liberating to just, like, admit that and be like, oh, yeah, we're all miserable. Yeah, and it's like, I'm choosing to play this game, and it's like, I feel shitty about myself right now, but I could stop. I also, I think I was afraid to get into it in New York, especially, because I was like, there's only, like, 10 gay people here, and we all know one another. Yeah. And I just don't like that. Dynamic. Dynamic, yeah. All right, maybe let's move on to a segment we call Elaborate, which is we find tweets in which you express your hatred oh of my something. God. You guys do so much HW for this. I know. Well, I don't. Okay, right, cool. Um, <laughs> but the lovely producers do. That's boring. Um, And so uh, I want you to elaborate on some of the things you've expressed hatred for. The one thing that I have to mention, um, this is not a hate tweet, but you tweeted, it's not a competition, but I like Zayn better than Harry. 
One Direction. Yeah. This was from 2017. Yeah. Well, I forgot tweeting that, but I stand by it. But I'm, but I'm do not you a, stand by it? I do stand by it. Because I am I am Hairstyle's number one fan on on the record. See, yeah, I think that I think that maybe if Harry didn't get so much attention, I don't know if I'd feel that way. Okay. But like <laughs> So it's only because everybody likes him. I guess. I think I'm, maybe I'm coming across contrarian because this is a similar relationship I have with Drag Race and dogs where I'm just like, I don't hate Harry. I just hate the obsession with Harry. And, sure, um, sure. I'm a jealous bitch, maybe. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's what I'm, I'm jealous like. of three things. RuPaul, dogs, and Harry Styles. Um, but, um, but yeah, I just think there's something a little bit more artful about Zane. I'm not... I, I, I'm not interested in Harry's opinions. <laughs> Zane, di- Zane, Zane doesn't speak. I don't think he has a single opinion. But I think it's cool that he had that thing with Gigi and like... Sure. They're over, right? I don't know. They might still be a they thing. They were over and they got back together and they were over. I remember when they were dating, I wasn't ready for them to be engaged when they got engaged. Right. I just still had too much I wanted to do before Harry, before Zane and Gigi got engaged and then they got engaged and that was an adjustment. And then I think they ended their engagement. I don't know. I- I'm not like a 1D queen i think i just was probably bored that day but i am a more of a zane than a harry for sure okay okay yeah there are there are only a few of us 1d queens yeah <laughs> um some some tweets though i actively hate triscuits i've been known oh, to yeah. indulge in even several handfuls when offered yeah you hate triscuits i hate triscuits but i will always eat i'm always down hate when they don't show the bachelor shirtless by the third episode this pisses me off because it puts me behind schedule emotionally and then i'm playing catch up the whole rest of the season yeah i hate everyone's yeah are you you a bachelor yeah this you sent this in january 2018 and this season of the bachelor i feel like maybe they took the note yeah uh, because now it's like an aggressive amount of shirtless well when they have a bachelor with a body they know it like i feel like ben higgins was a season that they didn't show a ton and i think ben higgins is a gorgeous man but he doesn't have that kind of porn look that some of them have right no no no. yeah that's why i feel that way about so many people on the bachelor i'm like i feel like i've seen your butthole before because it's been on the internet yeah like you have performed for a a straights only studio i love straights only studios (laughs) i'm addicted to that and they're all like i've never done this before and And then then, like their asshole is gaping i know i know okay one more um Ain't no hate watching like Reba hate watching. That yeah. was sent in 2014. Wow. Interesting. 2014 was my emotional bottom. And it, <laughs> a huge part of my like bottom was like drinking and watching Reba. But um, <laughs> it's funny because my relationship with Reba, the show. Are you talking about the show? Reba okay, McIntyre. Yes. My relationship with Reba, the show is so complex. I, um, I guess. Yeah. I, I love it. And I hate it. Like every second of it. It's like this is makes me so mad for some reason. I feel like I've seen every episode of it, but also I dreamt all of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I remember every detail. I've gotten in deep where I was watching, like, YouTube content. That was, like, BTS. Like, um, <laughs> the girl that played Kira had to go away for an eating disorder. And, like, oh, it was, no. like, all their kind of experiences around that. And, and a lot of times the interviews, they're like, we had no idea if this was... The, the, way they, the way that that cast feels about that show is that it was the most important TV show <laughs> of the 21st century. And it's like... And you can tell that in their acting. Like, they just, like... um They're like, we had no idea if this was going to work. I mean, we had a country star who never acted before first day of shooting Reba shows up and we all looked at each other and said this is gonna work (laughs) I guess it worked I guess it did but I also was like a child watching Reba like um after basketball I on Fridays I had basketball practice and like Uh Reba was on on Fridays which is so sad but I um would come on basketball practice and watch Reba and just I don't yeah I don't I hate it and I love it yeah 
And the I don't remember the name. I don't remember any of their names. I remember too much. Brock is the husband. The, Reba, the boy. Who's the like son? Oh, the youngest. Reba's son is the one whose name I don't remember because he wasn't in that much. But no, the son-in-law. Yeah, yeah. Van. Van. Yeah, yeah, he's hot. He was part of my sexual awakening. Yeah, he was part of my sexual awakening too. Yeah. And I also like love Cheyenne and M. Cheyenne. <laughs> <laughs> I love an M. Cheyenne. I wish we could talk about Reba forever. Me too. I didn't realize how much I could talk about Reba. We should do a, just another episode specifically about Reba. The Reba, uh, the Reba episode's a three-parter. But for now, we are out of time. But before we let you go, where can people find you and your work? Yeah, for sure. Why? Well, I'm a beloved comedian with actually zero credits or projects, so you won't find um, anything anywhere. But I, um, You're a, you exist in I, the world. I, I have my podcast with Catherine Cohen called Seek Treatment mm-hmm. with Cat and Pat. But I do stand up all over town. I do my one man show at the Duplex. I call it. A, I, do, I do my stand up show at the Duplex like every month or so, and I post on Insta. My Insta is at Pat Reegs, P A T R E E G S, and my Twitter is at. P O Regan, P O R E G A N. And I made a short this summer with a um, girl named Bailey Edwards, directed by a girl named Katie Ruth Ashcraft, called It Girl Gay Assistant. And uh-huh. it's about um, kind of like a quintessential it girl and her gay assistant. And <laughs> I like it. Amazing. Thank you, Pat. We'll see you next time when we talk exclusively about Reba. I can't wait. <laughs> Bye. Bye. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad stuff go down easy. (sighs) Starting with the TV that we watched this week. Barry, what you watching? I started watching a new show called... So I I don't know actually how you're supposed to say it. It's called Pen15. I think that's how you're supposed to right? say it. Right, okay. Um, spoiler alert, when you'll read the word, it spells penis. <laughs> like on <laughs> yes. a calculator. Um, I didn't get that at first. But uh, yeah, so have you seen it? Uh, I know of it, but I haven't watched okay. it yet. I didn't know really anything about it, but it's basically... It's seventh grade in the year 2000. But the two women who star in it are adult women. But then every other character is like an actual seventh grader. (laughs) So it's so weird and so funny. And uh, I only watched the first episode. And so I'm I'm into it and I want to keep watching because I'm sure that it's going to get a lot better. Uh But yeah, it's um, it's really fun. It's a Hulu original. So it's on. Right. Right. How about you? I haven't really watched anything new. I I did watch Russian Doll. Yeah? Yeah. And I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I want to watch it again. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's hard to talk about it without... Spoiling Spoiling it. it. I mean, the the setup is what you said last week, which is it's Natasha Lyonne, whose entire look and presence I envy. So much. (laughs) I just like want to talk like Natasha Lyonne, but I never will. I will never have an exaggerated New York Jewish accent. I also want to say last week, I didn't say the third person, which was rude of me because I couldn't remember her name, but her name is Leslie Headland. Oh, Le- oh, the third, like, Yeah, creator. the third. So it's it's Natasha Lyonne, Amy Poehler, and Leslie Headland. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But I think what I, like, appreciated about it, and I hope it stays this way, is that, like, it feels like it's just its own complete story, and there's no room, really, for there to be, like, a sequel. yeah. It's just like, I feel like now every time there's a miniseries, it's like, okay, how can we extend this on and on? And it's like, no, it's just like a good like four or five hour total thing. Yeah. Story. I agree. I loved it. I thought it was great. I'm glad you watched it. Yeah. What's your 
non-TV chaser. Well, like, maybe a little bit inspired by Natasha Lyonne, but I did get a haircut this week. You did. I did. And I went to... My my new thing when it comes to, like, glasses and haircuts and things like that is when people ask me what I want, I'm like, I don't know you know better than I do. Like, I don't know what my face shape is good for. You literally (laughs) do this for a living. Right. And I go to this... I go to this place in Greenpoint and I love her. Uh, and she was like, well, how about we go with a shag? And I was like, I don't know what that means. And then she showed me a photo and I was like, sure. And she did it. And now I feel like the 70s um, goddess vibes. You know, me, I am a goddess. Uh, but no, it's really, it's fun. It makes me feel good. It's a little, it's a little wacky. And uh, I forgot uh, what getting a haircut and like changing up your style could feel like. I like it. Thank you. My chaser's your haircut. Oh my god, <laughs> Matt, that's so nice of you. Just what kidding. what's your actual chaser? Let's see. What is a non-boring thing that I did this week? I have been I feel like I've been reading boring stuff. Normally I'm like excited about I feel like I'm getting better at putting down books that I'm like, I don't I'm so bad at that. I just persevere and there's no reason to. I'm I am reading a, this book that I heard former guest complainer Lisa Traeger talk about on an episode of Seek Treatment with Pat Regan and Kat Cohen. She said she was reading this book called How to Break Up with Your Phone. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I sound like I need that. So I went and bought it. (laughs) And it is good. I mean, it's nothing that I haven't talked about before about attempting to. I feel like I've I relapsed and I've been like back to being really addicted to my phone. And I can like feel my brain being affected by it. Yeah. I like doesn't feel good. It's really weird. It's like I want in the morning to just roll over and grab my phone and like check Instagram and Twitter and stuff. But my thing, I'm trying to like not look at it until I'm at breakfast. Right. But man. Yeah. I mean, the book is interesting. It's like a small little it kind of is like an Urban Outfitters book, but it's written by like an actual writer, like science writer. Um, but it goes, the first half of it is all about like how everything about your phone is designed to like uh, make you addicted to it. Yeah. Um, and how like, yeah, your brain changes because of it. <laughs> she describes it as like, I'm here to help you break up with this and the first half is like that conversation you have with your friend it's like here's all the ways that this is a horrible relationship (laughs) and then like here's how to make it better so i'm into it i feel like i'm i feel like i'm finally just embracing that sometimes you just need like a a book like a self-helpy kind of book Mm -hmm. to like motivate you yeah so yeah that whole genre is about that's my chaser cool That's it! Thanks for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want any of your garbage. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Media. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Bellisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our editors are Dina Kleiner and Josh Gwynn. Music by Hans Dale Sue. You can bother Barry at Berry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Bellisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Oh, bye-bye. Help me. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> 
thanks again to Mercari. Mercari is the selling app that makes it fast and easy to sell almost anything. You just take a few pics, add a description, and bam, your item is listed. With millions of people using the Mercari app in all 50 states, stuff really sells. Plus, everything ships easily, so there are never any awkward meetups. You can find Mercari on the app stores or on Mercari.com. That's Mercari. M-E-R-C-A-R-I. <laughs> 